Can we lift our hands this evening? Father, we thank you for this time once again that you've allowed us to come to worship, but also to come and hear the word of the living God. Father, I pray this evening that you would open every heart and every ear that is in this place. You know the needs that is in this place, my God. I pray that you would meet those needs right now. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand once more tonight, church? Uh, you may take your seats uh, this evening. It's always a privilege and a joy to be with Kingsway uh, Church. Uh, every time I come into this place, I always remember uh, the first time that I, I preached here which was, of course, was years ago, a few years ago. And I remember during that time, I, Pastor Isaac had asked me to come and give a revival. And during that time, uh, Kingsway was under construction. And uh, I remember walking into this place, and there was no carpet. Uh, there were some folding chairs, and uh, they still had, I believe, that old stage here and the, the white pulpit uh, that used to be here. I believe it was white. But then every time that I walk in this place, I see the vision uh, that the pastor has for this church. Amen. And I know Pastor Isaac is a man of vision, and that's one thing I've always uh, honored him and seen him. Uh, that when you have a man of vision, church, there's no place that God cannot take you. Can we agree on that uh, tonight? And so we honor Pastor Isaac and the vision that he has uh, for Kingsway Church. I truly believe that this is just the beginning, church, for this church. I believe new things are on the way for this congregation. New people are on the way uh, for this church, and I pray that God will see that through. Amen? If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to go uh, to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 9. Uh, there, starting in verse 23, and you can just continue to sit there where you're at. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, there starting in verse uh, 23, and then we'll go uh, to Jeremiah chapter 11, uh, verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 9, starting in verse 23, and of course when you are there, you can indicate it uh, with an Amen. Are we there tonight, church? I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible tonight. Jeremiah chapter 9, starting in verse 23. The Bible says, Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. And if we can go to Jeremiah chapter 11 there, starting in verse 13. For your gods are as many as your cities, O Judah, as as many as the streets of Jerusalem are the altars you have set up 
to the shameful thing, altars to burn incense to Baal. This evening, church, for the next few minutes, I want to speak on the subject, can I brag on my Lord? You turn to your neighbor tonight and say, can I brag on my Lord? Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I pray tonight, open every ear, every mind, every heart that is in this place, that you would meet the needs tonight, Father, that this word would penetrate every heart that is in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen and amen. Can I brag on my Lord? Jeremiah, as we've read here in chapter 9, starting in verse 23, the Bible says, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not a mighty man boast of his might, let not a rich man boast of his riches. Tonight you'll hear that word a lot, boasting. Uh, I've kind of looked into the dictionary, and if you look up a definition of boasting, the simple definition of boasting is glorifying oneself in speech. Another definition is talking in, self in a self-admiring way, speaking with pride. And I don't know about you, but I don't really like to be around people that like to boast. Ever, you ever been around someone that always either talks about themselves or talks about uh, how they're doing things or how they're doing this or how, how they're doing that or they got this done or whatever it may be. They're always boasting. Does anybody like to be around someone like that? I think a lot of us don't like to, to be around people like that. They're always boasting or talking about themselves and Jeremiah here says that if there's a rich man, let him not boast of his riches. If there is a wise man, a smart man, let him not boast of how smart or how wise he is. If there is a strong man, if there is a mighty man, let him not boast of his might. And here tonight we see the nation of Judah and we See, and you'll come to learn tonight that this nation was a proud nation. This nation was a boastful nation. This nation, as we've read, they worshiped God along with other gods. And we find it there in Jeremiah chapter 11, starting in verse 13. And we'll read it again. And it says, for your gods are as many as your cities. And so we see a nation by the name of Judah, and we have learned already that this nation is prideful, this nation is boastful, but also this nation did not just worship God, but they worship a lot of other gods. And I think if we look into our lives, maybe sometimes we can see our life as the nation of Judah. Maybe sometimes in our lives we are proud sometimes. I'll be honest, I'm the first one to admit that. I can be proudful sometimes. Can we be honest tonight? Amen. I remember uh, losing some weight a few uh, months ago, and I was always talking. I lost some weight. I was proud of that. Those are good things to be proud of, but at times it can get a little out of hand. Like, okay, we notice, you know, be quiet. 
Or maybe sometimes we can picture ourselves as Judah as we were boastful. I remember as a, as a child, as a kid, my dad was always boasting about me because I was a good baseball player. That's my son, number 10. He's on first base. That's my son. Any parents like that love to boast of their children? Amen. We got some hands. But also I think we can look at our lives and maybe we are not just worshiping one God, but maybe we have other gods that we worship. Now, I'm not just speaking about things, but I'm speaking about other people. I had a cousin yesterday, and you'll probably laugh at this, but I have a cousin. She follows Jennifer Lopez every second of the day. She worshiped this girl. She, she's in love with this girl. She knows everything about, a.k.a. J-Lo. And for those that follow J-Lo, we know yesterday what happened. Does anybody know? She got engaged. Like breaking news, right? She got engaged to a man by the name of Alex Rodriguez, Major League Baseball player. And so I remember yesterday when I came into Beeville, I got a phone call from my cousin. Mark, Mark, did you see on Instagram J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez are engaged? And I'll admit it. I went to Instagram, and no lie, within 30 minutes, she had over 3 million likes on a single picture. And church, I... I say this because how much time do we spend on other people? How much time do we spend uh, trying to figure out what is going on in other people's lives, but rather than trying to figure out what God is speaking to our lives? And here we see a nation, the nation of Judah. They were a proud nation. They were a boastful nation. They worshiped God along other gods. And now we see... That Judah, they wanted to make other nations think that they were more powerful and more smart than the other nations around them. You'll learn that. And again, I think that sometimes we can do that as well within our lives. Well, I'm better than that person. They didn't go to the school that I went to. They didn't learn what I learned. Or they don't dress the way I dress. Or they're not smarter than I am. Or they don't do the things that I do. I do them better than them. But I think God sometimes needs to humble our lives, church. Can somebody say amen to that tonight? And Judah was a nation that did that exact thing. They wanted to think, they wanted other nations to think that they were just as powerful and just as smart as they were. Judah was headed down a path that was already leading them far away from God. And God knew where they were headed, where they were doing what they were doing, just like he knows what each of us in our spiritual lives, the conditions within our lives. And when I study the nation of Judah during this time, I kind of think about America. At the very moment that we're in, I believe America is no different, church. That I think at times American can be, America can be a little proudful. 
We see that as Judah was going down the wrong direction, I believe America at one time was going that same route. We learned just a few months ago that New York had just passed a law that it is okay to abort a baby almost when they're grown, when, when there's a heartbeat. And I believe when God sees that church, I think about what is God's thoughts on America, but not just on America, but what is God's thoughts within our lives? What are we doing to go and bring hope to this nation? What are we doing, young people, to bring hope to the campuses of this nation? What are we doing, adults, to bring hope to our co-workers? We have that hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen tonight, church? We see this nation, Judah, they were a boastful nation, and I believe God will not settle for second place. Or God will not tolerate compromise. You may ask tonight, Brother Mark, why would we preach or why would you even speak on boasting? And I want to give just a few reasons I believe this is very important, not just to as believers, not just to us as believers, but as a church. The first reason I believe self, selfish boasting has no place in the Christian life. We see it there in verse 23. In verse 23 of chapter 9, Jeremiah chapter 9, it says, And a remnant will not be left to them, for I will bring dis disaster on the man of Antioch of the, of the year of the punishment. Selfish boasting has no place in the Christian life. I believe any time that we begin to boast about what we have done, we begin to make this accomplishment. We take the light off of God and we began to put the light on us. When we began to boast of things that we've done, what we've accomplished, we forget that apart from God, we can do nothing. And when we began to talk about the things we've done, we take that light off of God and we began to put it on ourselves. And the people around us don't begin to see Christ in us, but they begin to see Mark, they begin to see you and not the man of Jesus. The truth is that most of us are probably don't go around boasting about ourselves. And I remember as I was kind of preparing this message, I tried to think like, who was the man that was always boasting? You know, don't say any names. Don't say your brother or don't say your family. You know, I don't want to hear any names. But I thought to myself, who is someone in this world that was always boasting about themselves? If we have any boxing fans, you can probably think of a name right now. Muhammad Ali. If you've ever, if you've ever heard of this man or if you've ever seen a boxing match of this man by the name of Muhammad Ali, he was going to fight this man by the name of Joe Fraser. This match was, I believe, March 8th, 1971. And as they were building this match up, they would begin to interview this man by the name of Muhammad Ali. You probably know this man. 
they would interview this man and they would ask him, Muhammad or Muhammad Ali, do you think you will win this match? And if you think you're going to win this match, why do you think you'll win? This man by the name of Muhammad Ali says, because I'm the smartest, is what he would say. I'm the fastest. He goes, I am the greatest. Then he says these words, because I am the king. This was the words of Muhammad Ali in 1971, March 8th, right before he stepped in that ring to fight Joe Frazier. I am the smartest. I am the quickest. I am the king. This man was boastful. And if you know the history of this match, rounds went on and Joe Frazier knocked out Muhammad Ali. You know what the Bible says, pride comes before what? The fall. We all know those words. And here we see this man, he was boastful. He had confidence that this is going to be my match. I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to win this fight because I'm the smartest. I'm the toughest. I am the king. I'm the quickest. And I think sometimes in our lives, church, we get that attitude in our lives. Can we be honest with each other tonight? I don't need God right now. I can do this on my own. I can pay this bill. I'll go extra hours uh, at my work. I'll go overtime. I'll miss church. It's okay. I need to pay this bill. I don't need God right now. I'm smart enough. I can do this. God, just leave me alone. I'm, go I'm all right right now in my life. But at times, we begin to dig deeper. We dig a deeper hole in our lives. And we come to find out that without God, church, we can do nothing. We see here that boasting, it's not good for the Christian life. It's not good to boast about yourself. It's not good to boast of the things you've accomplished. But church, can I tell you, can I tell you tonight, the spiritual boasting does have a place in the Christian life. The Bible says, we've read it here, that if a man is ought to boast, that he ought to boast of this, that he understands and that he knows me and that he will boast of the things of God. Can I brag on my Lord tonight, church, that if it hadn't been for the goodness of God, if it had not been for praying parents, if it had not been for the blood of Jesus Christ, I would not be here tonight. Can I boast of the things of Jesus Christ? Can somebody say amen tonight? What has God done in your life? We all have a story. We all have a testimony to share. We must boast of the things of God. We see here that spiritual boasting has a place in our life. Psalms 44 verse 8 says, In God we make our boast all day long. Psalms 34 verse 2 says, my soul will boast in the Lord. When is the last time 
you talked to your classmates, young people, about what God did in your life. Adults here, what, when is the last time that you spoke to your co-workers on what God had done? I shared this afternoon with Pastor Isaac, and you're going to be the first church to find out. I don't know if we're going Facebook Live, but over, I would say it's probably been a year now, Pastor, that God had been stirring up in my heart. And it was Pastor's first time when he wrote his book that encouraged me. Mark, you have a story. And so I remember over a year ago, God began to stir up my heart that, Mark, you need to share your story. Young people need to hear your story. And I say, God, I've, I've said it many times. You know, I don't want the audience. I don't want the church to get tired of Mark speaking. But God says, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about writing a book. And so I shared with Pastor Isaac and Brother Jake this afternoon over lunch that I'll be writing my first book for the honor and glory of God. Amen. <laughs> Simply entitled, This Is My Story. This is the way that I'm going to boast of the things that God did in my life. Am I saying, man, I better write a book now because everybody's going to start writing a book? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you need to begin to tell people what God has done in your life. And I've learned, church, that when you begin to do that, you'll see God do might and grady things in your life, church. It's simple obedience. And I think tonight maybe God has already showed you things that you need to start doing. Maybe there are some here tonight that God has already said, you know, you need to start doing this, but we've yet been obedient to the spirit of God. And I've learned that church, one of the first things I've learned as a young preacher, that it's one thing to hear the voice of God, but it's another thing to be obedient. Oh, in church, what things God does when we're obedient to his voice. I remember a few weeks ago, I was in San Antonio, and I don't know if I've shared this story here, but I was in San Antonio, and I was driving to a church, and I was going to preach at that church, and before I went to the church, I stopped at a convenience store. As I was walking into the convenience store, there was a man, his name was Paul, and he was sitting right, or he was standing right next to the door, and uh, this man says, hello, sir. And he looked at me and he pointed at me. He goes, military, is what he told me. I kind of questioned myself. I said, military? And then it, it kind of clicked in my mind. I get that a little bit, that people think I'm in the military. And I don't know if it's the haircut or what it is, but I get that a little often, that people think that I'm in the military. So when I realized that, I said, no. I said, preacher. He goes, oh, wow. So he says, well, praise God. And I walked in. I, I got me a bottle of water, I believe, and I checked out, and I was walking outside of the convenience store, and that man was still standing next to the door, and he goes, preacher, can I ask you something? Remember, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. When he asked me that, I knew God was about to do something right there. And honestly, I was already running late. 
to church. The flesh in me was going to say, no, I'm sorry, I got to get somewhere. But the spirit in me, the voice of God says, no, wait. He goes, preacher, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, sir, Paul. He introduced himself. My name's Mark. His name was Paul. We shook hands. He goes, sir, can I ask you for prayer? I goes, yes, Paul, what do you, what do you need prayer for? He goes, sir, a month ago I lost my wife to cancer. He says, I'm, I'm homeless now. He goes, I've lost custody of my children. And he, told, he said these words to me. He goes, I feel like there is no hope. And within the next two or three minutes, I began to boast to Paul. I began to share my story with Paul on what God did in my life. Two or three minutes. Simple words. And I said, Paul, there is hope. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And that afternoon, with my bottle of water in my hand, already being late to church, Paul accepted Jesus in his heart, church. Can we give a hand for that tonight? All because I simply heard the voice of God and all because I simply told my story. And I don't know why the Spirit is dealing with me with that right now, but church, we need to share our story. Each one of us, God has done something in our lives. And I think sometimes we think, well, Brother Mark, my story isn't as great as your story, or my story isn't as great as hers or his or whatever it may be, but God has done something in your life, church. We must boast on the things of God Almighty. This evening, if we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or 1 Corinthians chapter 3. There, starting in verse 10. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 3, verse, starting in verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder I laid a foundation and another is building on it but each man must be careful how he builds on it for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid which is Jesus Christ now if any man builds on the foundation with gold silver silver precious stones wood hay straw each man will each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. The fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work, which is he has built on it, remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. Church, our foundation is not on ourselves, but our foundation is on Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus. How precious that name is, church. The name that has saved us. God has done something in your life. 
And tonight, church, I simply want to encourage you with this message that we must continue to boast not of our name, but of the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Can we say amen tonight, church? If we can stand tonight. The name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now for every person that is in this place. Lord, I believe right now that every person in this place has a story. Every person in this place has a testimony. Every person in this place, my God, you have done something in their lives. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would begin to stir up their spirit right now. For the things you have called them to do, Father. You have already spoke to some people tonight, Father. You have already spoken to some people over the months on the things they must continue to do for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would continue to lead them. That you would continue, Lord, to speak to their lives. But my God, I pray that you would begin to open doors right now. For the visions you have given your people. For the dreams, for the goals you have given your people, Father. Lord, I pray tonight that at some times we believe that those dreams are too big. But God, I know we serve a big God. And apart from you, Father, we can do nothing but with you, all things are possible, my God. So, Lord, I pray tonight that you would stir up your people right now. That they would take that step and you will take care of the rest, my God. That we would tell our story of what God has done in our lives. Church, as Brother Josh leads us in a worship talk to, a song tonight, Father, I ask that you would begin to speak to our lives right now. As Brother Josh leads a worship song, church, I invite you to this altar. This altar is open, and I invite you to come. I invite you to come with faith. I invite you to come with the visions. I invite you to come with the dreams that God has placed in your life. What a mighty God, my Father, you are. What a mighty God that we serve. Lord, begin to touch your people tonight. Begin to extend your hand that you would touch the lives. That you would touch your sons, your daughters, my God. That you would raise them up, my Father.